Welcome to People in Exile, where we have conversations, host interviews, discuss books, and engage with the Bible to help believers live out their faith in an unbelieving world. Welcome to this episode of People in Exile. I'm your host for this episode, Chris Chambers, and I am joined with these two fellas. Uh, introduce yourselves. I am the Ben Ellis. The Ben Ellis and... Andrew Chamberlain, actually. Actually, Andrew Chamberlain, actually, yes. And uh, so anyhow, we're going to continue our study on the Sermon on the Mount uh, here. Uh, What we wanted to do is announce that we are giving away a couple of books today on the Sermon on the Mount. Uh, One is going to go to Mr. Sean May. So thank you for uh, listening, commenting, uh, Sean May, and also to, uh, to Chris Green, also commenting. Um, there on uh, one of our posts. So they're going to be getting a copy of John Stott's um, uh, commentary on the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. So we'll make sure we get with those two guys. Now, uh, Andrew, how do we, how does somebody uh, qualify to win a book? Well, you do like those guys. You listen, you comment, you share. You do any of these types of things on our Facebook page or if you actually subscribe on, via your podcast, whichever podcast platform you like, uh, and you let us know via comment. Any of these ways will help us grow our audience and we'll, we'll reward you with a uh, we'll reward you with a book. So that'd be great. All right. So um, <clears throat> what we want to do now real quick, let me ask you all a question before we start um, recording. Um before we start moving into the Sermon on the Mount, rather, would you rather would you rather a good listener or a good conversation? Would you rather a good listener or a good conversation? Okay, so the problem is those two things are not mutually exclusive because if you're going to have a good conversation, you need to have a good listener. Hey Ben, this is called this or that. So thank you very much for that. I reject your rules. I know you do. <laughs> you don't like either or. You prefer both and. However, good in, listener, generally, in generally. this context, you're going to have to pick. Good listener. A good listener. Okay. Why is that? Are, are, are we asking the question like, would I rather be yeah. one of those? Yeah, no, no, no. Well, I th- well, actually, the way I get it is, would oh. you rather have somebody doing that? But we can go that way. Why don't you answer it that way? The way you'd rather be. Yeah, I think I'd rather be a good listener. Okay. Because that I think that's an area I, I need to grow in. Okay. So well, then flip it, and uh, if you are with someone else, would you rather them be a good listener or a good conversation? Hmm. Good conversation. Yeah, I think I, I'm with you. What, what about you, Ben? Understanding that you want to have both, I get you. I get you. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it, okay, sure. I want. So to have, if you, I want, I want to have, I want to be a good conversationalist, and I want to have a good conversationalist. Okay. Because in order to be a good conversationalist, you have to actually. Be a good listener. Yeah. Because you can't carry on a conversation you're not listening to. Yeah. I was going to say something like, you know, I don't even know what you're talking about, but let me tell you about me. But then I decided not to do that. So <laughs> anyhow. Uh, AKA. <laughs> hey um, So anyway, what um, I think for, for me, for me, I think it depends, man. I, I think there's times when I only want, uh, you know, I just want somebody to listen. You know what oh, I mean? yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think there's other times when, when you know, and I would say that's the rarity, though. Most of the time, and I want a good conversation, right? I want I want somebody that I can have a good conversation with. Um, but there are times, I think, when you just want to want to, want to to be heard, right? Of course. Anyway, um, so I took uh, I took Ben's both in. I forced him not to, and then I went there. So thank you, it's Ben. It's okay. I ignored you anyway. Well, very good. <laughs> very good. Well, anyhow, this morning, this morning, we are taking a look, uh, continuing our study of the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, we are in this uh, example number two, and we'll see how far we get. We may only look at this one example, or we may get uh, to the next, we'll see. Uh, but 
again, kind of setting this section up is Matthew chapter five, five. verse seventeen. Yep. Yeah. And he says this, do wait, not, wait. yeah. Oh, you're starting at 17. Yeah. Well, oh, we'll be at 27. Yeah. 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 I'll follow you. But uh, Jesus says this, do not think that I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. Right. Uh, that's a, that's a key starting point because as we're going through these, these examples, it can seem as though Jesus is saying, wait a minute, the law says this, but I tell you something else, but that can't be. Because if that was the case, then that would mean that Jesus would be contradicting himself only a few verses later. We know yeah. that can't be the case. Good point. So that's number one. Number two, in verse 20, he says this, For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter uh, the kingdom of heaven, right? And so he gives he gives these examples of the ways that the scribes and Pharisees have taught uh, um, the law, right? The Mosaic law, uh, the way they've they've distorted the interpretation of the law. Uh, they're focused strictly on the letter of the law and not at all on the spirit of the law, right? And even even though Jesus later on in, in uh, I think it's Matthew twenty two, uh, he's asked what's the greatest commandment. Of course, he says, "Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind." Right? Uh, 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 I think I think there's only three of those in in in, uh, yeah, in that Matthew, one. Yeah. Three, yeah. But uh, anyhow, and then he says, of course, the second is is love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, so we look at, uh, at this section here, verse 21. I'll go ahead and read this for us. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery, right? But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than uh, that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members uh, than that your whole body go uh, to hell. And I think we, we talked about, kind of as we're going through these examples, there's kind of a three threefold process we're looking at. Number one, what did the Mosaic Law actually say? What, 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 were the, what was the letter of the law? What did it actually say? Uh, number two, uh, how have the scribes and Pharisees distorted that law? Right? And then number three, what is Jesus, the author, right, and the interpreter of Scripture, what does he say uh, the, the, the original intent spirit of the law uh, was, right? And that's kind of what, what we're looking at there. And then I think we went a little bit further uh, last week in the first example. We talked about the fact that uh, Jesus fulfilled all of this to a T perfectly, right? I, th I think that's something we always want to make sure mm -hmm. we keep in mind uh, as well. And, uh, and the last piece is none of this is possible apart from the Holy Spirit, right? And even even in that, because of our sinful flesh, I think I think prayer is, is super important, right? When we're sure. dealing, if we struggle with any of these particular areas, these examples, I think it's super important that we make sure that we are in constant communication or communion, rather, with mm -hmm. uh, with God. So with that being said, let's go ahead and, and kick it off. So we'll go back to the front here, right? You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit uh, adultery. We'll start there. Is this, is this the proper, uh, is this what the, the Ten Commandments says? Is this, the, is this proper? Yes. <laughs> yes. So, I mean, I mean, it's it's Deuteronomy 5, Exodus 20. Yeah, it's... This is what the law actually what said. It says. Yeah. yeah. No. So, I mean, if, if we're starting from that perspective, it's pretty interesting that... Okay, so book, book of Deuteronomy. So I'm reading through that in my own personal time, and I've, I've come to that... I, I, well, I've passed it now, but reading through those, and I'm trying to think of the exact commandment, which number it is, but it's talking about you cannot covet. Mm -hmm. Help me out. Let's go yeah. there. Yeah. All right. Is De it Deuteronomy 11 or something? You said Deuteronomy five. 5. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
Are you trying to read it for us in a second, Chris? Yeah, verse 21, Deuteronomy uh, is is number 10. It says, You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, and you shall not desire your neighbor's house, his field, or his male servant, or his female servant, his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. That's verse 10. Um, And then if we go up a little bit above that, the seventh commandment, verse 18 says, And you shall not commit Commit adultery. adultery. Yeah. Yeah, so we have... I mean, the adultery one is, I think, the most clearly related to the Matthew. I don't know if we can. Con- I don't think we can connect the coveting one. The, the I think the, you can. You I can, can? I, okay. from from a lustful standpoint, right? For that, that that's what well, it I says, think that's. Right? I, I guess yeah, because I think if you're trying to, I don't know, make the connection to wait, it's not just the physical act of, mm-hmm. you know, of of sex that would be the sin here, mm-hmm. ad- adultery. You know, yeah. it would be the. The, the lust of the of the you know internalized well, where, yeah where does covet where does covet take place right here in the mind yeah right? so I guess it is yeah, yeah I would yeah. say I would say it does All right, well so. I would think it would, I would even say that Jesus is going to argue it's the heart that mm-hmm. it, as much as the mind is mm-hmm. involved the heart and I think that that's sort of an important distinction to make because that's that is the distinction Jesus is making I think in a lot of this is the Pharisees and the scribes they've used this as a physical litmus test right they're setting their borders mm-hmm. right their physical borders but at the same time what they're not doing is they're not dealing with the internal yeah. facet of this and lust comes out of both the heart and the mind so you have a heart which is an intent and the mind which is an imagination i think so, in this context so we think of uh jesus calls uh, these pharisees what white whitewashed tombs mm-hmm. right so Mood that's of that, vipers. we have the, the idea that uh, on the outside man clean as can be right white as right. can be so here they are on the outside well i'm not committing adultery now there there was some discussion that that they even took this further than that and and they would actually separate fornication out well as long as you know i can i can take part in that but as long as it's not this or as long as whoever i'm with is not married then we're okay right uh, so they actually would be distorting it even further, further yeah. uh, than that. But uh, on the outside, whitewashed tombs on the outside, they look good, right? And that was the point here of the scribes and the Pharisees. Yep. On the inside, internally, like you're saying, Ben, uh, their heart was was anything but was far from mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. God. They were simply wanting. They want. And it goes back to being kind of pleasers of men, right? I mm-hmm. want. I want those mm-hmm. around me to look at me and think, "Wow, look at that guy. He's really got it all figured out." Yep. Uh, when 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 that's not what it's all about. It's all about our relationship um, with God. Yeah. So if we take this verse to our day and time it's you know it's really challenging because we live in a very sexualized culture Mm -hmm. um where we have that as a a main a main gimmick Uh, and hate to use that word with with that but i mean i don't know how else to say it Uh, it's a main it's a main way that we we advertise things which is it's kind of odd if you kind of step out of it um so one of the things i always like to encourage people is temptation is not sin so specifically in this in this thing or in this adultery and lust conversation, you know, our culture is tempting us often uh, with this, but that temptation is not sin. It's what how we handle that temptation. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're out there listening and you're like, "Man, you know, good grief, I gotta, I'm, I, I'm, I'm really struggling with this." Well, yeah, you, I mean, we probably are, but mm-hmm. the reality is that you know, give give ourselves a little bit of understanding of how how to be dealing with this uh, mm-hmm. or versus just automatically bringing condemnation because of the society we live in. So well, l- I don't know if that's a... Let me well, let me lean in that real quick. Okay. Uh, and, 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 you know, you said temptation is not sin. Do we have any text? Do we have any anything in Scripture that would, would bear that out, would say, yes, we sure. know this is true? Where, where would we find well, that? Well, you'd find that Jesus in the temptation tempted. of Jesus in the wilderness. So Matthew starters. chapter 4, right? Right yeah. before this chapter we're looking well, at. And also, also look at James, when James actually is going from temptation over to death 
there's actually a process and you have to get past temptation into sin before that process is complete. So, I mean, I think there's two texts yeah. that tells us that temptation in and of itself by itself mm-hmm. is not, is not sin yeah. in and of itself. But I mean, it, it, don't, don't hear that. I think all of us would echo what I'm getting ready to say here. Don't hear that as like, Oh, well, if I just hang out in temptation all day, I'm good. And the other thing is don't think that, well, temptation is only in the mind, right? I think that's Correct. where you were saying with the heart. Yep. I think we can, we can fool ourselves and think, well, that's temptation. As long as I'm yep. not doing anything, as long as it's not physically manifesting itself, I'm good to go. No, no, no there's, which, there's a heart issue there. Which if lands that's us where back you, to where the Pharisees were. Right. Again, absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So, so the other part, is he talks about how you know all right if it if your eye is causing you to sin then rip it out and we know one of the things that's it's important to note is this is this is metaphoric this is not hey you got to do this however somebody somebody help me out here there was a there was an origin old, that's his name yeah. thank you mm-hmm. he he took this literally literal yep. correct yeah mm-hmm. yeah so you know, and it's fascinating because I thought about that after I knew that about him was the the fact that okay, I realize that this is metaphor, and I'm not I'm not I'm not telling anybody or nor am I suggesting to anyone to do this. But if if the I think the point still is what like if if this is the entryway into this, so if the eye mm-hmm. is the entryway into this, then one way of changing course or one way of solving this problem is. Okay, get rid of the entry point, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I'm not, again, I'm not recommending that, uh, but I do find it fascinating that he he did that. So think, and and, and again, when you when you were, so we ju- we jump down, you know, uh, Jesus says, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery in her, his heart, uh, uh, with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out, throw it away. Um, for it is better for you, right, uh, um, to lose one of your members than uh, your whole body. And then he goes on and repeats that regarding uh, cutting off your your hand, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the problem with that, if I cut it, if I pluck out my right eye, what do, what do I still have left? You still got your heart uh, and your mind. Well, I still got my left eye too. Well, that's right? true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but let's say that we take out both eyes. No. Right? What do you still have? Did Origin take out both? I don't I don't believe so. But 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 the the with the eyes, we still have our mind, right? And we yeah. can still we can still allow that lust to to to. Uh, um, Manifest yeah, and it, grow and mm-hmm. yeah. well, and we got to remember too is that lust, even from a just from I think from a, a process standpoint, right? Lust may begin with something we see, but it's really our imagination that's the dangerous part of that conversation, right? Right, right. because uh, a person a person can't do doesn't do anything about the way that they look. Our reaction, we have to manage our reaction, right? right? Our oh, reaction yeah. is not their fault, right? Does that make sense? Our reaction, yeah, yeah, I follow you. Even though I would say that 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 well, and I don't I don't I'm really careful with that. Um, I was going to say I think I think the church has taken it to that point, right? Uh, a capital C, in um, some instances. Again, there is there is there is we Cl- should clarify what you mean by yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, we though. should be modest, right? We right, should be sure. modest, uh, men and women, right? Sure. Should be modest. Um, but I think I think a lot of times the, the church capital C has kind of looked and said from a from a female perspective. Oh yeah, they right? they put all the weight there, all the weight there, yeah. and not on mm-hmm. not on the mm-hmm. men. Yeah. Right? Well, if the men are doing that, they wouldn't have done it. But for yeah, no, yeah. no, no, that we no, no. men have just as much, if not more, more of that responsibility, responsibility than, yeah. than than that. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the other part with the whole I thing that I think the the idea there is if you notice he does say right eye and he does correlate that to right hand and I did some reading on that and. Mm. And it's the whole, this is like the, I think the word I found was like the power or the, it was yeah. the strength, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. So 
I guess you could probably play that a little bit more like take out the strength of this temptation for yourself versus mm-hmm. just the eyes. So, I mean, you know, we live in a culture where we have pornography at our fingertips mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we have smartphones. And so if that's a temptation, then, you know, there's nothing saying you have to have a smartphone. There's nothing saying you have right. to have some of these devices that maybe is your eye, yeah. you know, take yeah. those things away. Yeah. I think, you know, and this is where these kind of conversations are important because on one side people can say, well, if you start saying those things, then you're becoming legalistic. Well, I think the difference of that is, was we're not prescribing this to everyone. Mm-hmm. I think we have to understand that we're all on our own journey with yeah. Christ. You know, Paul said, or excuse me, Christ says that to Peter when, when he reveals, Hey, you're going to die for me. And yeah. Peter's response is, well, what about this guy? Yeah. and then, and then <laughs> Jesus responds to Peter is what? Don't worry about it. What, what about it? What's the matter? <laughs> you know? So, so the point is, is that it's not a legalistic thing when we start having those individual conversations like, Hey, you know, you may need to take this out. You may not need to put this a part of your, whatever, whatever it is, you know, uh, maybe that's one way that we can, um, modernizely modernize yeah. and interpret that. Verse. So uh, Andy Stanley, I did, there was a series a little, little bit, a little while back, a few years ago called guardrails. Right. And, mm-hmm. and, and I definitely can see how, how someone could look at that and say, well, this is very legalistic. Right. Uh, at the same time, like you said, it's, it's an individual thing for me. I know what my strengths are. I know what my weaknesses are from a sinful, from a sin perspective. I need to make yeah. sure I put again, Andy Stanley's uh, words, guardrails up around me. Right. To make sure that I don't cross over uh, those. Now, again, it can't, can't simply be, it can't become pharisaical, right? That's that's what we're dealing with here, right? Is that we have these laws and we're going to create all the create all these other laws so that we don't break these laws, right? So we can't get pharisaical in this or legalistic, yeah, uh, as you've said. But from our standpoint, from our journey, we need to have spiritual disciplines with, that keep us from sin, whatever that looks like, right? Whatever that uh, may be. So I I, I agree with that. Sure. Yeah, and I'll add one more piece there. You know, we always. Th- you know, in our modern church world, and this is more people that have been in the faith and studied this stuff, we always look at legalism and we think, ooh, that's, you know, horrible stuff. But look at what Jesus says here. He actually ups the legalism by a big, a pretty big mandate by saying, well, if it's so bad, just cut out your eye. Yeah. I mean... Solve the problem. Yeah, the Pharisees weren't even going that far with their rules, you know? And so the point is, it's not about... The legalism, the reason legalism is so bad is because... It appears to be good, yet it leads to a devilish result. So it's not the the idea of creating borders is not bad. The idea of what making those borders are God. Yeah. And so, you know, those borders are now going to save me. Right. Exactly. Right, right, right. And, and that's just not it. So there's a difference. There's a huge difference of that versus, OK, let me just become sanctified and start learning things. You know what? I probably shouldn't do that, or I probably shouldn't mm-hmm. put myself in that situation. Or mm-hmm. according to this text, we're talking about lust. You know what? Maybe, maybe a rule for yourself is, you know, at ten o'clock I start to get tired, and that's when my defenses get down. I'm just not going to get on the internet at ten. O'clock. I don't know. Whatever yeah, sure. it may yeah. be for, yeah. as an individual. Yep. So. And I think the other thing too is, is that we ha- always when we have this conversation about temptation, I, I shouldn't say that always, but frequently when when this conversation of temptation comes up. It's a conversation about how far can I go mm-hmm. before I'm in trouble, yeah. as opposed to yeah. how can I just go the other Stay way? Stay as altogether. far away as possible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just mm-hmm. let's, let me just let me just not even worry yeah. about that, you know. And it it, it reminds me uh, a lot of just the idea of repentance, yeah. right? That we we have, and I think we've talked about this as a group too. Is the idea of repentance is turning not just away from something, mm-hmm. but turning towards yeah. something, yeah. and just that idea of when we're facing temptation. Let's not just figure out how close we can get before we're in trouble. Let's really just kind of figure out how do I, you know, I know this is a reality in my life. How do I turn around the other way and just 
and I mean, and, and, and I know you love uh, uh, John Piper, and so one of my favorites. Yeah, yeah. So he, you know, this is one area which, which I love how you know hey, he speaks he about wrote this and reads new about novel on Providence. He did, but but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about finding a greater joy, right? Finding a greater desire. Uh, this is kind of where right? I was going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and mm-hmm. it's that idea of like you're saying, not simply trying to get away from something or keep away from something. Here's mm-hmm. the truth, man. We can put as many guardrails up and boundaries up as possible if if our heart is not in the right place, if it's not oriented we'll toward up. Christ. Yep. Man, we'll, we'll find a way to get over them. Yeah. We'll break them down, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? So, is, which is why this conversation is taking place right. in, the, in, in first century anyway. Right, right, right. Yeah. Well, I was going to kind of go there a little bit too, from the standpoint of, you know, one of the things I, I, I think a lot about now that I'm having kids kind of starting to enter this, you know, phase of life where we need to have some conversations, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. that, you know, the church, capital C church has really got to recapture the conversation on sex. Because if we don't, the world's already got it. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're they're happy to talk about. It. They're using it at every thing, and we've got. I feel like one of the things that we've got to do, and I'm not saying we got to be that that cheesy weird guy that's like, oh, sex is a gift from God, and you know all those cheesy kind of things. But we do have to do the. It is all those things. But I'm saying like, we 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 got a border not being cliche. Is my point with this yes. where. We've got to re- say no, no, no. This is a good thing that God has given within the bounds of marriage, and that bounds is not a, a limiting thing. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that's a life giving yeah. thing. And yep. and you look at the Old Testament, in particular. Like, I mean, we got we got an entire book that kind of showcases this romantic love in the Book of Song of Solomon, where God mm-hmm. is saying, "No, this is a big deal. This mm-hmm. is a and this is a big driving factor for humans. Huge mm-hmm. driving factor." Yeah. And so. I guess there, there. I think sometimes, and I don't want to, I don't want to give an escape for every person that falls into these this type of sin. But I think sometimes, it's because we haven't captured the goodness of God that He has provided in this. And if we would lean into that a little bit more, potentially people wouldn't be trying to, you know, fulfill themselves outside of, you know, outside of what God prescribes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, again, the law of God was given to us, right? Well, ultimately to point us to the fact that, that we can't save ourselves, that we need somebody greater than ourselves, right? But the, the, the other thing, if when we subject ourselves, when we submit ourselves uh, to um, the law of God, when we submit ourselves to him, right, that's, that's when human flourishing can take place, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it, because the law of God actually, it, it actually mirrors <clears throat> what, and this again, all the original intent, pre-fall, intent. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pre-fall intent of yeah. humanity is this yeah. is this is what we would have looked like anyway yeah. had had humanity not fallen. So it's it's human flourishing at its grandest design because it's it is what we were designed. And, for. and so it really gives us a really good picture of, of of just how depraved and wicked sin actually is yeah. because our original intent this is what is going to make us flourish, right. and yet we absolutely post fall. Yeah. We we don't want anything to do with. It. Wait a minute, you're keeping me from something. Yeah. No, 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 no. I want to give you everything, mm-hmm. uh, and yet and. Yeah, we believe no, no, no. This is better, right? There's always yeah. something out there. So I think there's a, that's a really good segue now to hey, we're people in exile. How how do we do this? Yeah. And I think one of the ways that we do this is we realize I, I'll put out maybe the, a little bit of a cliche or corny statement, but like you know, we need to be showcasing marriages not not in a cheesy way again, but we like no, we really enjoy our company with you know I've been I'm going on being married 15 years to the same lady and mm-hmm. I love her and yeah. you know mm-hmm. and not be cheesy about it, but keep that thing going well because why because that's going to show the next generation the next generation is going to show the world around us that look no god's way really is that good Mm -hmm. you know you don't you're not fulfilling yourself if you try to go in all these different avenues and ways because he's given you the best way that not only protects you but really does fulfill you so i think that's one thing that we you know 
need to do. And so let me give a kudos to our church. I love the fact that they did that date night. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. that's a, you know, that was a great night for, you know, I'll take the season my wife and I are in where it's like, okay, finding babysitters is hard. We're so busy and all these different things. And hey, we just had a night, we went through all those questions that the church gave us and that was pretty fun to go yeah. through. And it's just really cool. So I think that's one way that we can have a positive conversation out of this and become, you know, great people in exile, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And I think one of the things too, and, and just is just to tap into what something I think Andrew has said very, a couple of different times, but just to reinforce it, because I think it's really important is that we can't be, and we shouldn't be cliche about this. You yeah. Know? Like this is not, this isn't something that works on a bumper sticker. This is, this is like a whole taught part of life. And, and the problem is, is that in, in a lot of ways, I don't know if it's because of embarrassment, I don't know, you know, whatever the reason is, but there's like, there is an abdication of our role as parents and as the church to step into this meaningfully and step into it well. And instead we end up, you know, I was reading the, an article the other day at um, uh, Gospel Coalition, and they were talking about a, sort of a retrospective of... Uh, the purity culture that came out in the late 90s, early 2000s, and some of the leaders from that culture who have now fallen, yeah. like guys like Joshua Harris, who have now mm-hmm. walked away from the faith completely, yeah. and some of those other kind of folks that were like very high profile at that time, mm-hmm. and how that kind of cheesy, over-stereotyped, you know, over uh, just, just all those kind of things how they actually were self-defeating because they became a legalism because they became just as pharisaical as, as what Jesus is talking about here. And instead of talking about a good and whole and meaningful uh, prescription for marriage in the life of believers, we, it became a giant way of what is the biggest way we can say cliche, don't have sex before you're married, Mm -hmm. you know, and that became the impetus for it. But again, you know, just like, or I'll move it even forward. I mean, I I rarely use people's name, and I think the guy's doing well now. So, but Mark Driscoll, I don't know if you ever read his marriage. Oh book. yeah, mm-hmm. and like he brought what was that? Real marriage. Yeah, I think it came out in 2010 to 12, somewhere around that range. Okay, I read the book, and it, dude, that thing was brash. I mean, mm-hmm. it was very like, whoa, we're going in a whole different direction. And there were some people that kind of attracted themselves to it. It's pretty Mark Driscoll, though. Yeah, well, yeah, it was. And 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 again, I'm not trying to bash the man. I, sure. I, I do believe, like I said, I. Th- with all faith, I think he's doing well now and praise God for that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, my opinion is we went from the Joshua Harris, I guess yeah. dating goodbye to Mark Driscoll. It was like, well, well let's just open everything up and go yeah. full speed this way. And I, and I think that's, it was just as cheesy. And so right. it's like, we have to figure out how to have that conversation. That's, I mean, for lack of better terms, it's classy. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, no, you know, we don't have to talk about everything because mm-hmm. there is some dignity and just you know we don't need to discuss right. every point you know yeah. right however we need to also say you know this is a big part of our lives and god's designed it that way and he's given you a great avenue to enjoy it so go do that you mm-hmm. know and how mm-hmm. we do that i don't know but i think we got to keep trying because i think we're going to find ourselves in the culture that we're in uh specifically with you know again pornography good grief i don't even know statistics on it now but i mean it t- i mean we're talking one of the most, the biggest, yeah. if not Se- several years ago, when I was in seminary, I wrote a paper on pornography in the church. And <laughs> at that time, okay. So I graduated seminary in 2013. So this was probably, dude, that's eight years ago. I know when you exactly start saying that stuff, that's so weird. Isn't it? So yeah, don't mean to throw you off. My anyway, no, it's fine. But at that time, pornography was a $4 billion interest in the industry in the United States. 
Yeah. Four billion? Four billion. That's a lot. Of Thirteen money. years ago. Thirteen. Yeah. Eight yeah. years. Eight ago. years. Two thousand thirteen. Two thousand thirteen was when I graduated. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful mind. <laughs> Beautiful mind, bro. I'm going to, uh, let, let me, again, if y'all want to keep, keep going, you can. Sure, sure. I, I just have a, um, I, I, John, John Reddy had mentioned something to me yesterday, and I just wanted to bring it up in a moment, but we'll finish this conversation, and then I'll bring that up. Well, I just, I, but it, this just goes, I, and all my point is, is just to support what Andrew was saying right there, because it's like, it's a $4 billion industry. You have people who are active. Obviously bigger at, than that now. Obviously yeah, bigger yeah. than that now. People who back then um, were uh, uh, actively trying to pursue in the entertainment industry, having explicit sex be a part of regular TV, regular yeah. regular home entertainment in the home. Uh, they've certainly, and, and I think if you look around at some of the titles, if you're looking at some of your streaming, like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime, I mean, we were looking for something in our house the other day, trying to watch something as a family, and we came across this one title that the description looked good, but then right up in the top it said TVMA, and we're like, nope, we're out. Yeah. You know, and that's just, so I think it's, if from that perspective, they're really kind of advancing that narrative. And uh, I mean, even I was listening to, to the briefing the other day with Al Mohler and he was talking about ambient pornography. And there was something I never even thought about, you know, just the idea that there, there are things that we see in our culture that are not officially deemed pornography, but especially even 15 years ago mm -hmm. would have been like, no, that's inappropriate yeah. for, for mainstream television or mainstream commer right. commercials. Right. Even. Yeah. And so, you know, if you're hearing this part, I, I I can imagine some of you like, oh man, this seems like an uphill battle. We'll never win. Okay, well maybe, but but there's a different way of looking at it. We're in the world, but we're not, we're not of the world, yeah. right? And so we're not trying to cure everything there. I mean, great if we can, praise the Lord if we can, yeah. right? But right. we also know that there there's just a lot a lot of evil going through and for that. So instead of that, maybe and don't get depressed with that. Mm -hmm. Just realize, okay, that is what we're dealing with. Yeah. But just that temptation does not mean that we're sending. Therefore, we need to create a culture, an exile culture that says, no, here's what God has, and mm -hmm. this is really good. Because if the world was being fulfilled by that, then why do we keep going further and more and more? Mm -hmm. They've got to have more. There's got to be something else because it's not enough. Mm -hmm. And I won't go into some of the examples that I know of that, but suffice it to say, I've, I've had enough conversations with individuals to yeah. understand that yeah. you know it's just rough. Yeah. And yeah. so my point there is, okay, we, we don't get depressed. That's not the point. But enjoy what God's given and enjoy it in a way that God's given it. And I think that is going to be one of the best examples that we can give to the world that, you know what? We don't have to lust. Mm -hmm. We don't have to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. it, it mm -hmm. As a man, you don't have to. Mm -hmm. you, yeah. you don't have to have that. You yeah. know? Mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a better way. Yeah. So I'll, I think that's I, my last. Re reading, through, reading through Ecclesiastes, right? We, think, uh, we, we believe, I think, uh, authored by Solomon. And we th you know, this individual had how many of her wives and, and concubines, right? Hundreds and hundreds. Yeah, 700 to 300. Uh, and, and again, had all the excesses that you can imagine, right? When it when it came down to it, what, what how does it describe life? Vanity. Vanity. Yeah, it's all vanity. All is vanity. And it's like chasing after uh, after the wind, the wind, right? Mm -hmm. So you're always chasing, always chasing. There's something better, always something better. Uh, and yet you're never going to find that except for apart from, uh, from Jesus Christ, right? Mm -hmm. And so again, going back to that conversation about finding a greater joy, finding a greater desire. That's yep. a good point. Uh, mm -hmm. that, that's, mm -hmm. that's the focus. That's got to be our focus. If our focus is simply, oh, you know, this uphill battle, 
battle and blah 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 blah. Yeah. Again, we're we're looking at the wrong thing. Right? Exactly. We're looking at the wrong thing. Right. Good, good point. Um, now let me, let me just go back. And, and this, what was the John Reddy thing? Yeah, it goes back to the the um, the, the plucking hey, John, out of the eye. <laughs> Appreciate you, brother. So yeah. going back to the plucking out of the eye, he was he was preaching on um, uh, Samson. You know, he's got a, a, a Wesley Chapel mm-hmm. group, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and and here's Samson, a, 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 a someone raised up by God, right, to be a judge for um, uh, for uh, Israel, right? During during that period. And uh, we see that uh, that he he struggled with with this that we're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a bit, and um, uh, so much so um, that that he refused to, and he, he would go, he would walk miles and miles and miles, right, to go to was it Timna, uh, mm-hmm. right, to, to get to go, uh, you know, uh, uh, away from where he was supposed to be. Anyway, anyhow, continue to get him in trouble. How, how does his life ultimately end? Uh, right, eventually gets his blind you know, with no hair and bl- how, how, by a how, building. how was he blind? Oh yeah, the uh, Philistines plucked out his eyes, like like. Like For literally real. plucked his eyes, yeah, yeah, right. And so um, that that that's how that, that's what led to his his demise, right? And uh, and the point that he was making is, you know, Jesus isn't isn't telling us literally pluck out our eyes, right? Uh, he's saying, but you know, again, th- th- just again from a, from a um, uh, from a spiritual standpoint, if that if plucking out your eyes would keep you from hell, well, then it would be definitely worth it, right? Uh, and then the point that, that John Reddy was making about with Samson is that ultimately he refused to get away from the temptation. He refused to, uh, 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 do, you know, obey God in, in this area of his life. And, and that sin ultimately led to his eyes yeah. being plucked out. Yeah, you know, that's nonetheless. a really good point. So, I mean, what you see too there, cool connection. I think is a, is a, a, a radical pursuit of holiness. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, whatever that looks like, yeah. right? Whatever that looks yeah. like, whether it means, hey, uh, I have trouble with pornography, so I'm not going to use a smartphone. Yeah. I'm just going to use yeah. a dumb phone, yep. you yep. know, and that's, yep. I'm, I'm going to, you know, it's going to take me 5,000 years to yep. send out one text, text, but yeah. that's okay. Yeah, that's, you know? that's the, that's, that's the, the price the, I'll pay. I'm yeah, willing right. to do that's that. The yeah, yeah. To pay. So it's just that radical pursuit of holiness. And, 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 and again, I, I would go back to, we've talked about this before, right? We have, we have salvation, justification, sanctification, right? Glorification. We think about that Sanctification, peace. We're saved by grace through faith, right? And, mm-hmm. and that includes justification, but it also includes sanctification, right? Giving this over to God, believing, placing our faith in Him that He is going to help us. His Holy Spirit is going to help us to overcome these temptations, whatever that may be. Today we're talking about uh, lust in particular, right? He can do that. Yeah. He can, yeah. and He will, right? But yeah. you have yeah. to place that faith in Him, and uh, and he, he will supply you with all the grace that you need uh, to get through that, right? Yeah, I think that's a great point. That's good. Um, anyhow, uh, it, it is. Uh, it is about time. About time to wrap it up. Well, and I mean, that's a that's a big. I mean, it's kind of yeah. hard to have three guys talking about that and not spend a lot of time there. It's a big conversation. It is a big conversation. Um, so are we stopping? Well, so we got. Um, you know, the next section, we're not going to move into it, but the next section really, you know, kind of talks about divorce in particular. So we'll pick that up uh, probably, actually, it'll be a few weeks because, uh, oh, yeah, actually, let's, let's do this real quick. Let's do this real quick. So uh, next week, we may or may not record. I know you're going out. Uh, wow. Ben's going out on a, on a mission trip. Yeah. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. So if we were going to try to record at some point next week, it would have to be via Zoom, right? It would have to be online. Um, so whether whether that's something we can we can facilitate. I know you're going to be going, like, on a Samaritan's purse trip, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, Doing disaster relief trip up near uh, Whiteville, North Carolina. Do this real quick. If, if there's other churches out there, other individuals uh, listening, uh, even other folks at Northcliffe, and they wanted to put a trip together like that, what would that look like? What- 
Well, for, it's it's actually really Samaritan's Purse. If they want to do it through Samaritan's Purse, they make it really easy. Okay. Basically, just you, contact you, them. You tell contact them. The them you, got. you go to their website, SamaritansPurse.org, I think it is, and they can just go straight there, and they'll they'll connect you yep. well with their disaster relief. They've got, I think they have like six different trips running right now, yeah, or six different locations. I shouldn't say trips. I should say six different locations mm-hmm. running right now where they've got disaster relief teams, and I think those are just the domestic ones because I wasn't looking at the international ones when we were looking at this. Okay, um, and our one of our church one of our church members uh keith keith just said hey look i want to do this trip because yeah. i've done it before i like what it is i like the process so he said i'm going to get a group together and we're just going to do this so he put it together and he put to, talked to the staff and put out an email and the whole kit and caboodle and just said uh, uh hey look this is what we're going to do and he connected us well and we all just signed up and it's it's one of those things where you invite people and then you, the the invitation takes whoever you're inviting to the Samaritan Spurs website, and then everything is just organized that way. Okay, all right, very so good. And, and I know you know this month, the month of uh, of, of uh, March, Northcliffe is, is doing calling it a serve month, and we're, we're we're encouraging every single member, every life group, every every member there to, to in some way find a way to serve. I know that the men's ministry, I think next Saturday is going to be is going to be coming to no, no, the twentieth, the twentieth, like a couple Saturdays is going to be coming to Jericho. Yeah, I think they're doing that on a pretty. They're doing it for serve month, but I think they're going to. The way I understand it is they're going to be doing that on a somewhat regular basis. Well, yeah, they real, want to try real quick, to do that. With Jericho, what are some, what are some uh, serving opportunities, volunteer opportunities that may be available if somebody out there wanted to join food us barn. in Northcliffe? Okay. Food Barn is a big one. We, that's where we distribute uh, food to residents of Hernando County that are in need. And so Tuesday and Friday, mm-hmm. you can apply online. We have a volunteer application online. Uh, volunteers for our for our for our ministry need to be a um, a good standing member of a, a Bible believing church. Okay, and then and then uh, yeah, they do the application. It's pretty simple. And then after that, we do a little. Hey, here's kind of the responsibility, and so forth. And then we get you out there. So that's the big one right now. Food barn. We okay. need. Uh, we got a lot of food, a lot of people in need. So okay, mm-hmm. all right, yeah. very good. Yeah, great. That's a good little plug. Yeah, yeah. Any, any, um, any other last minute thoughts uh, this morning on uh, on the text or on serve month or anything else y'all wanted to mention before we? Well, I do sign think off? it's you know I, I will say this, and I think it's kind of interesting you did do those things. One of the things that I think a point that we tried to make today is. You can look at temptation in two ways. You can just try to run from it or, which is you need to run, you know, but, or you can also like when we're talking about serving, for example, you can start filling your life with good things that Mm -hmm. God has Mm -hmm. that once you keep putting more in good, then it seems like you have less space. You know, Mm -hmm. if you keep your Mm -hmm. eye focused on the right things, it seems like you have the, the opportunities are less to see the wrong things. So Mm -hmm. I would encourage people to look at it from that way too. It's, it's really good for you. It's Mm -hmm. really good. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll I'll do this. So the twenty third Psalm, we we uh, we looked at it for the last three weeks, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, Pastor Ben, Pastor Jerry, Pastor Jeff uh, uh, preached on that. Uh, I was listening to somebody else who ha- happened to be preaching on it as well, and there was something interesting that that was mentioned in that. If you look at the twenty third Psalm in the beginning, right? Uh, he, he he says this. Well, let me let me let me flip to it real quick. Uh, bear with me. Um, we could probably all quote it here real quick, but. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he what? Leads me, mm-hmm. right? Where, 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 where does that put Jesus? Out in, in front. Out in front of his heart. Mm-hmm. And then we, we, get, we look at the end here. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall what? Follow, Follow me. me. Where that puts, puts him where? Kind of behind, per, in pursuit, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you mm-hmm. could say. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, uh, if you look in the middle of verse, verse 4, that even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are 
with me, right? You are with me. You're next to me, right? Uh, right there in the midst of that. So if you have somebody who's struggling with temptation in, in a big way, maybe it is pornography. Maybe, maybe it's something else. Uh, and, and, and you're thinking to yourself, how in the world do I get out of this? I, I think back to our, our conversation we had uh, regarding the Rosaria Butterfield a little bit. And we think about, remember when, when her heart, when her, her, heart her, her life was wrecked, right? Yeah. By the gospel, uh, right. by what she knew to be the truth and, 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 and realized that what she was living wasn't that. And she knew it was absolutely going to wreck her life from, from, from personally, from in the home all the way to her professional life. Uh, and yet she said it was worth it, right? It was all mm-hmm. worth it, but it was very, very difficult, right? I, I would just encourage anyone in that situation, whatever that may be, get away from it, run, flee from that temptation, flee from that uh, sin, but know that Jesus will be there with you, right? Amen. In, in mm-hmm. the midst of that, you mm-hmm. know, um, there's, there's other texts we could look at as well, but I'll, I'll leave it there. Anything else, uh, Ben, before we close, man? No, I'm good. I'm That's good. good. You good? All right. Want to close this in a word of prayer? I will. Go ahead. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for this lively discussion. Lord, I pray that, um, I pray for myself. I pray for these men that, Lord, we, nobody at this table thinks we're above this. Um, Mm -hmm. We know, Father, the truth of that. And so, Lord, we pray that, that as we speak into this subject matter, Lord, I pray that we would not uh, feel any sense of pride, Lord, that we've arrived. Because, Father, Lord, we know that that in itself is, is sin and it's tempting us in a different way. So Lord, help us, help us to be humble, help us to be um, willing to walk beside people as they are growing. Lord, Chris made a great point where our sanctification has already been, it's through you. And so Lord, I pray as Chris ended us here that, that every person would know that you're behind them, you're beside them and you're in front of them. You're always with them. And Lord, I just thank you for this privilege and we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. As always, thank you for listening to People in Exile. For more information, visit the website, peopleinexile.com, and make sure to follow us on Facebook. Until next time, keep praying and seeking the welfare of your city.